Hero Israel, you're crossing over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of Anakim, whom you know of and whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me into possessing the land, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. It is not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart that you are going to possess their land, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God is driving them out before you, in order to confirm the oath which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know then, it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. So this amazing victory, you know, to give them this uh, victory over nations greater and mightier, great cities fortified to heaven, the giants, that, that again can become a prideful thing. And prideful in the sense, in this case, that they may think, that God is doing this because they were so righteous and so good. You know, okay, so we'll acknowledge it's God, but God does it for me because of how good I am. And that is a danger, that we gain great victories. And okay, so it's God doing it for us, but He's doing it because He just thinks we're so wonderful. That, that, that danger to pride, to believing that God's blessings come to us because of our goodness is a real problem. And, and he makes the point that's not why. Why wasn't God destroyed those nations? <laughs> Their wickedness. It wasn't your righteousness. And it was also because God was fulfilling his promises that he'd made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But it certainly wasn't because they were so righteous. <laughs> he, he, you know... We talk a lot about self-esteem and things like that and trying to make sure people feel good about themselves. Well, God was sometimes worried you'd feel too good about yourself when it wasn't realistic. It was certainly not true that Israel was so righteous God chose to do these things. They were nothing like that and God's going to show that to them here. But I wonder if sometimes we think that God has chosen us, that God blesses us, that we're God's people because we were just so good. We're just so righteous. We're so wonderful. That's why God chooses us. We cannot think that. We've got to understand the reality. We were all sinners and lost and unable to help ourselves when God, by His grace, rescued us. Thoughts and comments on this? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm fascinated by the phrase, do not say in your heart, and how many times they were told to take their thoughts captive. And how important that is to us today, because as in James 1, your thoughts, they lead to your actions or sin. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we really need to watch our self-talk. Don't say in your heart, don't, don't start saying this to yourself. Sometimes, we may not say it out loud, but when we say it to ourselves, it has a very negative impact as well. Tim? I was going to say, it's interesting because all, it's clear that God gives us and blesses us as we need to be blessed that we can somehow come to a knowledge and, and coming from like, you know, a country like the United States where we're so physically blessed where it's relatively easy to come to the Lord relatively easy to serve the Lord it makes me think, you know I needed all of this to be saved so if anything, 
my righteousness is like so tiny and minuscule. I needed all of these blessings to come to the Lord. So um, this is an interesting God. Yeah, amen. We need all the humility we can get. So I just thought it was interesting, verse 3, that God is consuming fire. In chapter 4, verse 26, God was a consuming fire to their demise, and here is a consuming fire to their salvation. Yes. Yeah, God's judgments and punishments are a blessing to God's true people. Other thoughts? All right, seven, let's see here. Uh, let's do seven through fourteen. Remember, remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights, I neither ate nor drank water. Then the Lord delivered to me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain, from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of the forty days and forty nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. The Lord said to me, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded image. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed they are a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make make of you a nation mightier and greater than me. Okay. So he says, don't forget how you provoke God to wrath in the wilderness from the day you left Egypt until today. Look at how rebellious you've been. You know, any claim that God blessed them because they were so virtuous, Moses shatters on the hard rocks of history. You know, Israel didn't deserve God's grace. It's obvious if you look at any part of their history. You know, to say that is to completely forget everything that's happened in these last 40 years. Deuteronomy is very strong about the failings of God's people. Sometimes we would rather talk about the failings of everybody else. But really... When Moses is talking to Israel, it's more important for him to point out their failings and their needs. It's it's awfully uh, encouraging to us to hear sermons that tell everybody else they're wrong. But Moses preaches a lot to these people and says, look at your background and your history. So he goes back to Mount Sinai. You remember what happened there? He's going up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, 40 days and 40 nights. And while he's there, disaster strikes. You know, then the Lord says, let me alone, I'm going to destroy them. God threatened to do the same thing to the Israelites that the Israelites had been commanded to do to the Canaanites, which was to destroy them because of their making this golden calf. Within 40 days of making the covenant with them, God was ready to destroy them because of their wickedness. And so Moses is saying, don't tell me it's because they're so good. you're so good. 
that just doesn't fly. You know, of all the places where they should have shown the proper fear and respect for God, when they were there on Mount Sinai with all those signs and wonders that were occurring on the mountain, and God just says to Moses, Arise, go down from here quickly, for your people have corrupted themselves. God won't even call them his people anymore. It's your people, Moses. You brought them up. That's how bad they had become. They become a stick. They had become a stiff neck as that golden calf they were worshiping, and God was ready to just wipe them out. So you know they think pridefully, God is doing all this for me because wow, we're so good, we're so righteous, we're such virtuous people, and God says, no way. Just look at your history. Look at where you've come from. When we think that, the same thing. Where have you been? Where have you come from? Look at the times you failed God and hurt God and how He's so graciously and mercifully forgiven. Comments and questions? It seems like uh, the Apostle Paul meditated on this a lot, saying, I'm the chief of sinners. By God's grace, I am what I am. It seems like he was constantly like thinking about where he came from and thinking about God's patience, and he used that to motivate him, and we see him as one of the stronger Christians uh, in the Bible. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, remembering where we've come from is a big help. Yes? Our society really tends to um, try to stray away from our negative emotions, one of which is guilt. You know, um, and yet in this case, it was, um, you know, most of it in some ways is showing Now, excessive guilt obviously isn't healthy um, in the extreme. But guilt isn't necessarily a bad thing when it's applied, and in fact makes us a better Christian in the long run. We ought to feel the appropriate guilt when we sin. We we are guilty, and we should feel that. Amen. Yes. Uh, this section is supposed to show them that they can't be prideful, correct? Yes. Um. Well. Why does he use the example of the son of their father's committed instead of one that they did? Well, he will bring it on down. But he's really saying, look at your whole history, these last 40 years, starting with that and then continuing. So, I mean, it's one nation, and he's saying, you know, just look at where you've been as a nation. Good question. Sean? I just... Um I love, well, I don't love this part. Uh, many people, a lot of times, you hear how God in the Old Testament was, you know, a God of, uh, of anger and all that stuff, but, and he is. But I just find it so amazing, and this is the first time I've seen it, that in the Old Testament, it's all about God's grace and his deliverance for his people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. God is no different in the Old Testament than the New. Deuteronomy talks so much about God's love and grace, and the New Testament talks a lot about God's wrath. Okay, yes. It shows the extent of God's anger. He was ready to blot out their name with a single sin of making a metal image. And to Moses to tell the people, look what God is about to do to you and how much more he can do to you if you do these abominations that I just told you about. Yes. Yeah, good point. And they did, it, in, they did it anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Other thoughts? 
when telling people that they're proud, it is so important to have examples. Um, you know, if God was just like, yeah, you guys, I'm worried about you being proud, but here is an example of why you shouldn't be. Right. That's helpful. Right. Yes. Um, I feel like the society focuses on like our personality and like our good, like the good things that we have and us like us being funny or charismatic or you know a good person and that sometimes clashes with us being Christians because you know we're so convinced that we're good people and but we like we don't really realize that we are who we are because of God and that just clashes in with our lives. We don't take sin very seriously, <laughs> you know. We think we're good people because we've managed to forget all the times we've sinned against the Lord. You know, it's kind of like a serial killer saying, well, I'm, but I'm really a good person at heart. You know, look at all the good I do. The sin is terrible. And what they've done has been terrible. Even though they may have thought they were good, they were overlooking some very significant parts of their lives. All right, I think we are going to stop here. It will take us a few minutes to...